Hi everyone and welcome to Bloodstream, the blood cancer podcast from Leukemia Care. I'm Charlotte, Advocacy Officer here at Leukemia Care. Those of you who follow us on social media have probably noticed our hashtag LC50 campaign. All year we're talking about the issues facing blood cancer patients. To celebrate our 50th year of supporting those affected by blood cancer, the focus of February is sex and relationships. We've given you tips on everything from buying Viagra to egg freezing, plus shared the stories of those affected by these issues too. So this month's podcast, we gave the opportunity to ask our nurse advisor, Angie, questions that you wanted answering about sex and relationships. I put these questions to Angie, who had some great advice for you. So our first patient question is, can I have sex at the moment? What would you say to them? Then what we would say is yes. Um, There are perhaps no medical reasons why a patient can't have sex. There doesn't have to be. Sex can be... Um, whatever form you want it to be it doesn't have to be about um, sexual intercourse it could be that patients want to get close to each other have a kiss and a cuddle um, lie together some patients feel when they're admitted if you're in ice protective isolation for a few weeks and you're used to sharing a bed with your partner Mm -hmm. and you miss that intimacy and so sometimes what we might say to patients is even it might be a little bit difficult when you're in a single bed in a ward, but mm. but actually there's no reason why you can't perhaps lie together for a little while. Sometimes as well that um, patients may want to ask that question because they may have um, a Hickman line, a central line, and, mm. and then uh, the partner or, or the patient may feel that they can't get too close, that they might, you know, cause them some discomfort. So again, What we would say is, yes, definitely, we would want you to maintain some intimacy with your partner Mm -hmm. for however form that that is, whatever makes you feel comfortable. Yeah, great. Um, But obviously, people don't always feel physically at their best when they're being treated. Um, What would you say to someone who came to you and said, you know, they're worrying about how they look or their self-esteem during that time and how that might affect their partner? What would you say to them? Yeah, I think throughout someone's life, it's not always possible that mm-hmm. someone might um, wanting to have sex. Uh, they may feel tired. They may have a young family. <laughs> yeah. So if you've got a young family, you work in long hours. We we understand that that sometimes when patients their partners want to feel intimate it may not be the right time for that other individual so if you add the stress and the anxiety of having chemotherapy into that mix so you know patients may have been having chemotherapy as a day patient and coming home um you know say that the partner it's say a special occasion like valentine's day and they want to go out and have a meal they may have a poor appetite then they may you know have had chemotherapy mm. that um, they've had a Hickman line in and they feel their self-esteem, their their body image, they may not feel attractive, so your confidence can be really at a lower point. And I think it's important then that um, the patients do discuss that with, with their partner because also not just the patient but the partners might feel that um, they're worried about touching them, they're worried about approaching mm-hmm. them and it's sort of if you don't discuss it between you it it can that that sort of confidence it's just going to get worse and worse maybe Mm. they may stop talking to each other and and then as as I say I think it's important because it could be that again this issue may not last long but 
you know, we, women and men go through different stages of their life. So mm-hmm. it could be that, you know, the woman might actually be going through menopause. So sometimes if you are going through that type of chemotherapy can put you into an early menopause for yeah. a woman. So then there are just, there are symptoms that can be due to the menopause. But again, there could be symptoms that are there, um, especially with, you know, um, again, low mood and, and fit fatigue because of the chemotherapy. Yeah. So we had a patient ask a question, um, how do you talk to a partner about this kind of issue? And I guess what you're saying is it's important just to maintain communication about everything when they're going through this. Is that what you would, the best advice you would give? Yeah, I think definitely if you if you have got a good relationship with your partner, it's, I think the partner as well might feel that they want to support you in some way mm. and I think if you're not talking to your partner then it's only sort of going to foster as well that, that they would be frightened to bring up something in a conversation but if you're open and honest with each other I think the partners want to find a way of, of helping often Having treatment means that patients are having to come up to a day case or they're an inpatient and often the family feel that they they can't do anything to help. Mm. But actually spending time with someone, having a cuddle, sort of can give that patient the reassurance that they are still attractive to that person. Mm. Um, and so, again, it's another way of supporting each other because yeah. sometimes the relative might need support. Yeah. Definitely. So it's physical and emotional support yeah. that you're providing for each other. Mm, I think when we talk about emotional support, we usually talk about, you know, talking about mental health and that sort of thing. But there's other kinds of emotional support. And, yeah, yeah I that's think, an important one. I, th- I think, um, you know, having been able to kiss your partner and have a cuddle, and even if it doesn't lead to full intercourse, there are other ways mm. then to feel close to someone. And I think that closeness help can help to provide that extra emotional support for the patients definitely yeah being away from each other as well if patients are in isolation again if someone's um say had hair loss or uh, again with talking about body image again it's it's about your confidence either as a woman or as a man will their partner find them attractive Mm. yeah so we had a couple of questions around sort of more physical symptoms um so one patient asked about libido and the fact they'd had a drop in libido since they were diagnosed um what is it about treatments that could cause that as a symptom i think sometimes um you know men could could have a a low testosterone level Mm -hmm. and i think it's important to discuss that with your doctor that this is how you're feeling because it may be that the doctors the team can check the testosterone levels and again give some reassurance to the patient that during treatment this is this is how how um, it may affect you and perhaps the side effects of treatment mm-hmm. but that again it might only be transient um, and then again it might be that at the end of treatment the patient could monitor have the the testosterone levels checked out and if they are still low it may be that they may need to have a referral to another team again it's you know patients may feel that they're going through such a lot of physical and emotion stress and anxiety um again wouldn't help with the with feeling with someone's libido yeah 
so it, it could be physical but it could be emotional could be. so it's it's always worth just mentioning it so they can check it out yeah because the doctors could do a test and and look at the testosterone levels so is actually that that the real reason for that mm. or is it just as a consequence and side effects of the treatment and again the doctor the medical team can maybe give the patient some reassurance mm. And we had another question about erectile dysfunction and whether there are any treatments for that as well. But I guess your answer would be the same. It could be physical, it could be emotional. Is there something else we can add on top of that? I think there, there are some um, treatments out there. Obviously, one of the, the there are some tablet treatments and there are some creams. So one of the, the most popular, if you, could, if you like, um, is Viagra that everyone's mm -hmm. heard of. What perhaps I would say is that Again, if you're thinking of, uh, that you may want to try um, one of those tablets such as Viagra, it's important to maybe um, talk to your doctor or your nurse because some of these treatments you could probably get over the counter. There are some um, treatments, the creams, but if you are on other medication or if you have a heart condition, again, some of these tablets may interfere or mm. affect other treatments. So I would advise that patients discuss it with the medical team because then it might be that they need to be more specific in which which drug therapy might be available yeah. some of the some of the um medications that patients can use for erectile dysfunction can be effective in 60 to 70 percent for patients okay. and some of the creams can work um start working within a five to 30 minute period okay. so again it's having a look at what's suitable for the patient. Mm. There are other forms if the erectile dysfunction, if it's not more around treatment, if it continues um, to be an issue for someone. And again, that the patient may need a referral to a specialist team, but there are some other options That's that good. patients can try. Mm. Obviously, there's a famous one, but you know, people don't always think, oh, is there something else? Yeah, there might be work? a cream that, might, that is perhaps the patient may not want to take a systemic mm. treatment. It may be then that they might be able to try a cream, which would obviously be more of a localised effect. Yeah. Um, and kind of moving towards women now, um, there was a question from a patient um, about the impact of chemotherapy on their vagina and in particular on dryness. Is there something about chemotherapy that can affect cells like the cells of the vagina as well? Um, chemotherapy um, is can affect you know all cells, mm -hmm. so it obviously has effect on cancer cells, but it also has effect on the on the uh, good um, normal cells. So again, I would say depending upon the patient, it could be that they the chemotherapy has, has pushed them into the menopause. Um, early so that could be a younger woman that could be a woman that's may likely to be going through that menopause mm. so is is it as a consequence of menopause these symptoms is it a consequence of the treatment and again I think it's establishing that fact there are lubricants out there and some of the lubricants again it's important that um, patients who are on chemo have to take some uh, contraceptive Mm. precautions because some of the chemotherapy is excreted through bodily fluids yep. so again about protecting your partner so having the conversations between you and your partner and perhaps the medical team because if you're going to they'd need advice about using a water-based lubricant rather than a petroleum one which can affect the integrity of the condom so again it's sort of there might be some practical advice that you mm. could a nurse or a doctor could offer the patient or the, the partner yeah, that's great advice. 
Um, another person asked a bit about um, experiencing pain during sex. Um, would you say there's another issue where it could be physical, it could be psychological? Would you advise, you know, finding out what the what the cause is again, like like we talked about with erectile dysfunction, or have we got other ideas for that one? I think I would say that if um, a patient and their partner wanted to... Um, have sexual intercourse and it was um, giving them some physical pain, mm. then it may be, is it because, like we said earlier, that they have some dryness of, of the vagina, that do they need to then look at using lubricant? If there's something that they could try perhaps themselves or they wanted to ask advice, then certainly I think it might be worth, because if, if something's, um, you want sex and, to be in, enjoyed by the part the patient and their partner so if something's causing someone some pain it may be that that ha may have a knock-on effect on emotionally that they may feel uncomfortable then mm. in the next time that they they might want to become intimate with their partner so maybe it's worth having a little look at what can we do to improve that how can we be intimate but maybe not not be in pain not in the same way, yeah. Yeah. Explore some other options for them. Mm. And if someone was starting a new relationship, would, would there be anything in particular you might suggest they talk about with their new partner? Again, I think if you can have a relationship, it depends, I guess, whether they're going to be living together. Mm. Um, of course, at some point, it may be that they want to be intimate with their partner. So if someone can understand what they're going through if obviously there's there's change in uh, physical appearance with like hair loss and that they are had a wig referral and then of course it's important that that the partner understands because it may be that they might want to go out for example on a date and if someone wants to go um perhaps where it's a, a meal and then a club if you've got um, a reduced appetite if you're feeling really fatigued then a partner might not understand why you don't want to be out for six hours that evening. And again, I think it could be that just because they might not be able to go out on a date for six hours or they don't want to go out and have a big meal because of their reduced appetite or low self-esteem or confidence to be in a restaurant with someone when they've been perhaps having chemotherapy the week before, mm. it, it may be that they can support them better. So it could be that instead of going out for a meal that the partner understands and they might want to have, have an, an evening in. And so, again, you can work around that patient um, their feelings and and you know make it a little bit more intimate but still have a a, a nice evening together yeah. and especially with um when they do want to be intimate with each other if they are having chemotherapy as we said they may need to ta uh, take precautions to protect their partner so again talking to your nurse and asking which perhaps forms of contraception that you may want to uh, pursue mm. i guess it it's quite difficult when you're in a new relationship to have that communication, but at the same time, when you're a patient with leukemia, it's sort of even more important to communicate. So I think it, it, it's important, hopefully, for the partner to be understanding of what that person's going through mm. right now, that it may actually not last, you know, that they may need more support during the next few months whilst they're going through the chemo. But once they've finished the chemotherapy, uh, and they're just on follow-up, then again, you know, that they may have um, low self-esteem or lots more fatigue. Mm. 
and it's just helping them through that period yeah. until recovery. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we had a final question from uh, a lady who's um, wanting fertility treatment, but she's been struggling to get information from a doctor about it. Do, do you want to say something about what people's rights are to fertility treatment and what they should say to their doctor to initiate that conversation? Mm-hmm. I think it depends on each individual circumstance. So if patients are having treatment, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, maybe stem cell transplant, um, sometimes there's less uh, fertility issue um, support, if you like, for for women because um, you would have to save the the eggs but in a man they can obviously have sperm storage but there are some guidance from NICE but again depending on where, which area you, you live in and that there are um, if you criteria to be able to meet the criteria so that fertility treatment may not be suitable for all patients mm. but again I think if you're struggling with your GP if if you saw a GP and the GP may not want to discuss it or they may not be sure about what options are available then I think it's wise to go to another GP in the practice Um, you could also find out if the patient wanted to self-fund then again it may be that their doctor could put them in touch with a local fertility Mm centre but it it may not be applicable for all so again I think if someone needed to requires funding then it may be that they have to meet a certain criteria to achieve that and it may be different from one area to another and it's worth uh, even asking their consultant haematologist because if a GP may not know then maybe the specialist team can put the patient in touch with someone um, in the local area. Yeah so it's worth seeking advice advice from someone who who knows the rules rather than just a a general practitioner. Yeah I would say it's generally um you know everyone you know may feel different about sex and what options are available and be worried about approaching their partner but i would say definitely talk to your team it is a difficult subject that not people want to raise it might Mm. be uncomfortable but i think it's important to try and and get some reassurance that it may not be long term it may be something that that you need to just support each other during that period thank you very much a big thank you to Angie for taking the time to be on the podcast this month you can speak to Angie on her helpline between 7 and 10pm Thursdays and Fridays our other nurse advisor Fiona is available Monday to Friday until 2pm the number is 080-88-010-444 for more information on all the topics discussed you can search our website www.leukemiacare.org.uk email us at support at leukemiacare.org.uk call the helpline or find us on social media we're on facebook as leukemia care we're on twitter at leukemia care uk and on instagram as leukemia care uk see you next month